Hi, baby. What's up? Are you ready, baby? Is this thing on? Can you hear me? I can hear you, Jimmy. Uh, we don't need him anyway. No, we don't. Hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for waiting around another week to join us again for another episode. Of I, I'm not convinced Counting. they waited around. Really? Yeah, I think they probably did other things in the meantime. Maybe. Maybe so. Well, in any event, they showed up again, and we appreciate it. Sure. Uh, <sighs> this is going to be a good one, though. I think so. This is a theme-isode. It is, and it's, it, it tends to be a... A fun one. A, a fun one, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. enjoy the this, ones with stupid people getting their yeah, due. Comeuppance. Their we like comeuppance. that. We, yeah, here in Texas, we call it comeuppance. But these people really... Oh, these... The, not, they're not just stupid. Yeah. And they're really probably not very stupid. They just... They just got what they deserved. They got what they deserved. Are we going to yeah. tell them what it's about or no? No. Okay. No, we don't do that. Okay, we don't. No. All right. So... Um, do you have anything that you want to do? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, we're skipping worm news today. What? I'm very sorry. This important segment will return as usual next week. But before you get into a too deep, dark depression and despair over it, <laughs> I'll explain. We're skipping it this week because this week for today's theme episode. We just had too many exceptional contenders that we could not narrow the field down to our normal three stories each. Ah. There were just two. I mean, we just couldn't do it. So rather than this be the never ending podcast uh, or having to eliminate really good stories, right. uh, we just decided for one week. You decided. To I decided. <laughs> I decided that for one week we could go without worm news. Yeah. And that way, and that it shouldn't cause too many long-term trauma to anybody. I think that's probably true. But anyone that feels the need can send their hate mail over this decision. Attention, Jim Bean. Worm news. Jimmy, if you don't stop using that finger, I'm going to cut it off. <laughs> I she mean means it. it. She means I it. I mean it. Put it away. Okay. Um, now, dear. Yeah. Um, did you write a song about I, today's theme? I did. So why don't we go right into that? Well, okay. Let's do it. You ready? Jimmy, I mean it. Put that finger down. Here we go. Karma has a way of evening up the score. She's a force of nature that you really shouldn't ignore. But when you do bad things or you break the law, She'll spank your ass all the way to Arkansas. <laughs> instead of evil, try doing good instead. Hitting mailboxes with a bat could cause you to lose your head. Carjacking someone can blow up in your face. When karma's on your trail, there is no hiding place. Instant karma can kill you. You did wrong and now she's gonna kill you. Oh, yeah. So if you didn't glean the theme out of that, it is Instant, Instant Karma. Instant Karma. Two 
Yes. Instant Karma 2. Instant Karma 2. I don't remember what episode it was before, but you can look it up. Yeah. That's the title, Instant Karma. Instant Karma. And uh, it was beloved before. It will be beloved again. That's right. That's right. It's definitely one of our favorites. It's a great... Great topic. Yes. Because yes. these are people who did shitty things. Yes. And then boom. And then immediately. The spanking. Immediately. There's nothing better than you being a polite and, and courteous driver. And then that douche comes up behind you and they're almost hitting everybody, weaving in and out of traffic, being a jackass. And you go over the hill and you think, God, what, where's a cop when you need one? Yep. And as you go over the hill, there they are. <laughs> There's the cop when you need one. And they have that douchebag pulled over and they're getting a ticket. And oh, I mean, you feel like... You just know that the rest of your day is going to be a good day. <laughs> and and nobody was, n- nothing nothing bad had to happen. It no. just, you know that everything is right in the world. Yeah, and it doesn't happen often it, enough. It, it doesn't happen often enough. It really well, doesn't. Well, this, this is the episode for you. If, you. if you have those moments, this is your episode. All right. I agree. So, shall we let's, press on? Hey, let's get this. Let's get this. Get the potty started. All yeah. right. I will start with the simple notion that some people are just assholes. Yeah, that's. Would that's you a, agree? I would agree. All right. So this story is about one of those people. So, how often do you think when you think of Kentucky, do you think of snowstorms? I, I know, but if you did, oh. would you think of snowstorms? No. I'm not sure what the deal is with Kentucky weather, but in my mind, it would be a, a rarity. It wouldn't happen very often. Yeah. Uh, kind of like here, yeah. right? We get snow one day a year, maybe. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's very we short-lived. actually call it ice. Right. <laughs> sometimes it's snow. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah, but that, but the, when, when it's snow, it's, it's even less than once a year. It's once every like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so um, in Petersburg, Kentucky, there lived a guy named Corey Lutz. Hmm. Now he's not the asshole. Oh, okay. Okay. He it's just his story. Oh, okay. Corey Lutz. And back in January of 2019, so not too long ago, no. Corey's fiance, her name was Lucy, and Lucy's sister Laura, they came up visiting from Mississippi. I guess oh. that's a long distance relationship right. at this point. So it happened to be a weekend just after a sizable uh, snow storm, snow shower had occurred, hmm. and so. If a snowstorm is rare in Kentucky, can you imagine how rare it is in Mississippi? (laughs) (laughs) Probably never happens. Right. So Corey said that Lucy was elated to experience the biggest snowfall she had ever seen. Oh, Lucy. That's so sweet. So the three of them had a thrilling weekend with activities like sledding and snowball fights and, you know, all that stuff, all snow related stuff. And Corey said that they... Little Lucy from Mississippi. I know. I know. So Corey said that they all agreed that what would make this weekend perfect would be to build a giant snowman. Oh, yeah. Okay? Sure. They wanted to make it really tall. And hot chocolate. Right. After after building it. Yeah. So they were looking for a place to put it. And in the front of Corey's house, there's a tree stump that was there and... They wanted to use that for stability to make sure that it... Oh, you know, yeah, because they want to make it giant. That's right. So they started making the balls and everything, and they got them up. He said balls. I did say balls. Uh, 
the, the snowman ended up being nine feet tall. Holy so crap. So that's a big one. And it was totally decked out. It had a top hat and a carrot nose. And, you know, it looked, if you've seen the cartoon it Frosty. It must have looked really silly with a carrot nose at nine feet tall. Why? Because at nine feet tall, how small is that carrot? Oh, they got a big one. Okay. They got a big one. They got How big, big carrots, carrots in, in Kentucky. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's Kentucky. That's right. <laughs> I don't know, but hopefully it was big. So you had a big smile, you know, oh, charcoal yeah. briquettes. Well, yeah, it was very happy to be nine feet tall. That's right. So according to Corey, he said the, commu- the surrounding community seemed to love Frosty. Of they course. They would drive by and wave and yeah. honk their horn and all that stuff. But yeah, apparently, it's the biggest, biggest snowman anybody had seen. Probably so. But uh, we've never seen that one that big here in Texas. No, we could not. I mean, make we couldn't one. make one with we our. We scraped it from yeah. the whole yard. We couldn't make a yeah. nine foot deal. So we couldn't make a nine inch snowman. Yeah. So apparently, not everybody was a fan of Frosty. So here's where we enter the asshole. Okay. Okay. So Corey comes home from work on Monday to find a set of tire tracks in his yard that abruptly ended at Frosty's base. And the tree stump was slightly exposed, and he could clearly see the imprint of a car bumper on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so Corey said, apparently Frosty had been handing out life lessons to surprised 4 by 4 vandals. You reap what you sow. Yeah. <laughs> and so Fro- with Frosty still standing in the background and smiling... He said, Frosty certainly had the last laugh. Yeah, definitely. So some douche sees it. I'm going to knock it down because I'm a dick. Yeah. And then drives over and runs into the tree stump. Isn't yeah. that classic? That is that so is perfect. So, that is a perfect instant See, karma you story. See, le- you should have not told all of us that the about tree the stump? about the stump. You should have yeah. waited to the end and mm. said. Well, I tried to hide it. I yeah. tried to not make it so obvious. but But you said it was the base. I you know. made it kind of obvious. I fucked up. Yeah. Should we re-record yeah. it? Jimmy, edit all that out. <laughs> edit the whole thing out, and then at the end, he's going to say, oh, and it was a tree stump. Now, okay, now say it. And I didn't tell you this earlier, <laughs> but in the base of the snowman was a tree stump. Yay! <laughs> that all was right. awesome. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, All right, that is perfect. Smarty pants. <laughs> All right, so what's your next story, baby? Okay, it'll be my first. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. <laughs> oh. Good times. Good times is right. So my first story is all about everyone making the best of a bad situation. Oh. And I do mean everyone. That's sweet. In Berlin, Germany, bank employees were going about their normal business when Klaus Schmidt walked in. Hmm. Only Klaus was not there to make a deposit. What? Nope. He was holding a pistol <sighs> and quickly began demanding cash. Bastard. Jerk. As the robbery progressed, several of the employees began to notice that Klaus acted peculiar. Oh. For instance... Just holding the gun wasn't peculiar yeah, enough? Yeah, right. He, no, he, pecu- he was okay. acting kind of peculiar. For instance, at one point, when asked if he needed a bag, he replied, you're damn right it's a real gun. Hmm. hmm. That's when it became obvious to them 
Kloss had a noticeable hindrance to his holdup. He was deaf. <laughs> oh, no. I shouldn't make fun of the handicapped. Well, I... I should this, laugh, but it is Kloss. Yeah. And he is holding up a bank. Yeah. This was something that the bank employees could use to their advantage. Right. So while Kloss was busy terrorizing one group of employees, another employee set off the bank alarm. Of course, poor Kloss remained completely unaware. Wow. He must have been really deaf. Um, well, I think there's only one kind. Okay. The kind that can't hear. <laughs> while new customers knew not to enter and police were notified and arrived and surrounded the bank, the employees kept Klaus busy by appearing to give him everything he wanted and more. Not surprisingly, this kept our buddy Klaus calm and patient, only occasionally throwing out a few threats just to keep everyone in line. You know, (laughs) he is robbing them after all. And even as the police entered the bank, and the other employees motioned to them the explanation as to what's going on, Klaus remained completely unaware and oblivious of their presence (laughs) until they tackled him and took him into custody. Bless his heart. Of course, poor Klaus thought he could turn the story around, flip the script, so to speak. He tried to sue the bank, for exploitation of a person with a disability, uh, oh, <laughs> saying saying that they exploited him, his disability. Oh, that's fantastic! But thankfully, the court saw that this would be an exploitation of the law, and it was dismissed. But it was a nice try. Certainly, what he lacked in common sense, he made up for in scheming and balls. Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that great yeah. instant karma. Yeah, we'll have a nice life, Klaus. Good luck with that. Cool. Well, my next story, I actually have a name for it in honor of Detective Steve. Yes, we do like to name stories. I call this one Car Jacked Up. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, Steve will like that. He will. So almost exactly a year ago, um, this wonderful, wonderful instant karma story comes to us from down under. All right. From Sydenham, just outside Melbourne, New South Wales. We have a lot of friends in New South Wales. We do have a lot of friends. Yes, and they're going to come into play here. There was a group of guys sitting in a car outside of a Lloyd's of London bank. And a masked man with a shotgun approached their vehicle. And this man was 22-year-old Reese Ramsey Johnson. Reese Ramsey Johnson. Mm. And Reese demanded that they give up their car. And the vehicle's occupants were understandably nervous and kind of freaking uh-huh. out. Um, and, you know, here's this guy with a gun right in the front of the right. right next to their window there. So the carjacker was getting frustrated as they were not just jumping out of the car and giving him the car. And this was also taking place in the broad daylight on a busy street. Oh, wow. And so speed was critical to his plan. And this they were not moving at the speed that he would like. So he grabs a shotgun and started hitting at the windows with the butt of the gun, trying oh. to break one open. Um, eventually, after a few of those, um, all the passengers jumped out of the other side of the car and took off running. And the carjacker continued to use the butt of his gun to bang on the window when, alas, instant karma stepped in. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On what turned out to be 
interestingly enough, the final blow to the window, the shotgun actually went off. Mm-hmm. Shooting young Reese in the chest. immediately uh, he fell to the pavement uh, and another masked man who I guess was his accomplice uh, crouched over him shouting he shot himself he fucking shot himself he was very observant he was he was good he should be a detective he should so you know like you said earlier that we have listeners in New South Wales yes it turns out that one of them has an uncle in the Sydenham Police Department. Oh, wow. And so, like London, Sydenham has cameras, CCT cameras, oh, kind of all over the wonderful. place. wonderful. And it just so happens that there was a camera that caught the whole event on oh, video. Oh, my God. And this system that they have in Sydenham actually has audio. How so exciting. So, I got, I got a hold of the uncle, uh-huh. and he was kind enough to email me a digital copy oh, of what transpired. Exciting. Isn't that great? Isn't that, that is great. It's nice to have friends all around That's the world. That's right. It's cool. All right. So do you want to hear it? It's, I do. It's really crazy. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here Ready? we go. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not the right one. Here we go. Oh, okay. Jimmy, edit that out. All right, mate. You see that one over there? That sweet sedan? <laughs> uh-huh. She's the one. You wait here and keep an eye out for coppers, all right? (laughs) Hey there, blokes. I'm here to take this car from you, so if you (laughs) kindly step out of the vehicle, I'll be on my way. This guy's crazy. He's got a shotgun. Just give him the car. It's not worth your life, mate. I think he bloody well means it. All right, then. I'm just going to break this window out and pull you out myself. Damn, this glass is harder than it looks. Son of a bitch. Yeah, you'd better run off. Off with you. Damn, they left it locked. Uh, Here we go. Alright, this is it. This is the one. Motherfucker! He shot himself. He fucking shot himself. <laughs> Is that incredible? That's amazing. It p- even picked up their conversation. Inside the car. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Those cameras uh, are outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've really, it's high They tech. have some great audio. It's high tech. Yeah. So at the inquest. Which we love. Which you love. Yes. I'm not, I don't really uh, you care don't about care. them. You don't but care you about love them. But I do love them. At the Southwoods Corner... Cor- <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're not a spawn. <laughs> the Southwest... Oh, my God. The Southwoods Corners Court. Now, yes. try it one more time, this time in character. The Southwoods Corners Court. Perfect. Yeah, God, I nailed it. You know, and listening to that audio... It really yeah. helps me with my accent. It I can, does. I can hear now how that they you really can hear sound. they really talk. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, so Dr. Andrew Harris, he said, the, invest- the investigating officer was satisfied that there is... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> he said what? He said, there's no third party involvement. 
Witness testimony suggests the actions of the deceased led to his death and the police are not conducting a criminal investigation. And scene. So the cause of death. Uh-huh. Shotgun wound to the chest. Uh-huh. Manner of death. Dumbassidry. <laughs> it should have been misadventure, but right. accident. Accident. Even though it was in the commission of a felony. Yeah. So um, he's dead. Oh. And the other guy, they arrested him and then let him go. No charges. No charges? Even though he None? was looking out for coppers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they had him on tape. I know. Saying No, he just said, uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And so they couldn't really pin it. Oh, is that what it was? It, it wasn't It wasn't enough. Right. It wasn't enough. It wasn't. It didn't cross the line of admissibility. Uh, that's, that's Even though they had him on camera too. Yeah. Saying that. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. You know, Australia. Yeah. All right, baby. That's, that's my get. story. All right. Well, here's mine. Yes. All right. Okay. So, you know, apparently there is more than one kind of burglar. Yeah. The kind we see in movies that scout the location, use high-tech spy equipment, well, or at least maybe some binoculars. Right. Um, But frankly, let's dumb it down even further. Maybe they at least listen at the door or peep in windows just to make sure nobody's home or if they are, that they're asleep. Or do they draw masks on their face with, with it, right. Sharpies? <laughs> you know, and, and that makes sense. Right. Because you know the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's right. And then we're going to learn in this story that there's another kind of burglar. Oh. The kind that just wing it. I see. And these are clearly our favorite. They're our type of guys. They're our type of guys. <clears throat> okay. One British burglar, 49-year-old Darren Kimpton, Hmm. was just our kind of guy. He already had a string of convictions, and so we know he isn't a smooth criminal. But on this particular day, he was going to prove himself worthy of the Counting Worms podcast. Oh, sweet of him. Yeah, yeah. Just our kind of guy. Mm -hmm. You see, Darren had already hit a Northampton home, ransacked it, and stole 85 pounds from it. Oh. Which, for a petty thief, isn't that bad. But apparently a strong case of amnesia, or an outrageously high dose of stupidity which, of course, is my guess, had overcome Darren because he decided to revisit the same home. Oh, yeah. Well, it was successful. If it ain't broke, yeah, right? don't fix it. Right. I'm betting he thought, well, they had 85 pounds before, so perhaps they, they had the chance to hit the ATM again. <laughs> right, they restocked. Right. Okay. So that said, our little burglar made a blunder. In typical Darren style, he decided just wing it, right? Right. So his return trip to this home did not go quite as smoothly as the first. That's crazy. I know. The first time he had to break a window to get in, and this time he approached and noticed, hmm, you would have thought the homeowner would have learned their lesson, but weird. 
They seemed to have left the front door easily accessed through the window he had already broken. Huh. How stupid of the homeowner. But how for- they deserve to get robbed. Right? How fortunate for Darren. Yeah. Lucky A- break. Lucky break. Upon him sneaking in the home, a surprised Darren was met with an equally surprised, then bemused pair of police officers. Really? <laughs> Just hanging out in the house? You see, the officers were there to take the statements of the homeowner. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> to take the statements of the homeowner regarding the earlier break-in and theft. That's too funny. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> that is when they heard a noise and turned towards the door and witnessed Darren reaching his hand through the same broken window that he had previously vandalized, unlatching the door, and once again, breaking into the same home right before their eyes. Did they shoot him? (laughs) It's not Texas. Oh. (laughs) After the briefest of chase, the officers nabbed the wannabe cat burglar, and that is when they noticed a very specific injury to Darren's hand. Hmm. How did he get that? You see, he had attempted to break into another property on this very same night and failed. But he had injured himself on the inside lock of the home, cutting his hand, bleeding, and leaving what we are all very aware of in today's world. Three little letters. D-N-A. Forensics confirmed it was our little dumb buddy Darren's blood on the lock of our other home as well. His goose was cooked. Oh, no. Oh, Darren. His own counsel described his criminal escapades as both clumsy and pathetic. <laughs> and I think That's that, his, his attorney? His attorney, oh, okay. yes. Nice. And I think that was probably still being quite generous. <laughs> that said, we have many, many times over discussed our complete lack of understanding in the criminal justice system of the UK. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This will continue in that vein. (laughs) The judge on the case was Judge Rupert Mayo. Rupert Mayo? Yes, a perfect Brit name, Rupert, as I've never met or even heard of an American named Rupert. Anyway, Judge Mayo first stated the extreme obvious. Darren was, quote, not a very good burglar. Yeah. Well... I suppose we now know that they grade you in British courts. Right. He's, I guess, not very good. good. I'll have to remember that should I start my life of crime across the pond. Nice. But the next bit is extremely perplexing. Uh He sentenced Darren to a four-month curfew and 80 hours of unpaid work. Huh? I mean, curfew. So, like, he's grounded? 
I'm pretty sure there are teenagers in America who have had steeper punishments for being caught drinking booze and sneaking out. I mean, so what's even more unusual was the judge's comments. Quote, were there any sense of professionalism, I would not be giving you the chance I'm giving you. End quote. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Just for argument's sake, judge, had he been a pro, they would not have caught him. Just saying. Perhaps encouraging your criminals to act more professional is not the best medicine for crime. But again, we are in Texas, and we do handle crime a wee bit different than you do in the UK. Darren, I would not recommend a trip to Texas. We don't give you a break for being a knucklehead. Here, the homeowner would have shot you legally. Although we do find you fantastic on our podcast, so keep up the good work. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know we love our British friends. We do. Tremendously. And our Australian friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I lump them together. They're two totally different places. But they do have... And Australia it's, is the same way with their criminal... Because their, we don't understand their the way they do their justice Their system. sentencing is it's so... very strange. It seems very lenient. Yes. Or not as severe as it should be. At least to Texans. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe some. Maybe there's other it. places that that think that we're crazy here. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, we are. But well, that was a good one. But he's sentenced to curfew yeah. for four months. So after four months, he no can Xbox. Go, no Xbox. Yeah, maybe and you was... have to be in bed by ten. <laughs> 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 but only for four months. <laughs> Jolly good. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you, baby. That was a yeah. good one. Yeah. All right. My next story is a quickie from the beautiful state of Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it, around, I really want to go there. I know. We got to. Although there's rioting in the streets every night now. Oh, that's Portland. Yeah. All right. Never mind. <laughs> they both, yeah, they're, they're the both same. up there. Yeah. yeah. England and Australia and Washington Seattle, and Oregon. Washington and Oregon. All right. So around <laughs> six. <laughs> you are not the geography one. I am the geography one. Oh, yeah. you are though. Yeah. Well, in real life. Uh, Around 6 a.m. on August 25th of 2019, which is, again, about a year ago, Mm -hmm. Kennewick. Why did I use a British accent for that? (laughs) Kennewick. It sounds like a British name. Well, you are in Washington. I mean, Oregon. (laughs) I mean, Washington. How dare you? How dare you? Kennewick. Kennewick. (laughs) Kennewick police. (laughs) Responded to a call about a stolen truck. Mm, okay. And when they arrived, the vehicle's owner told him that someone had stolen his beautiful red 1992 Chevy pickup truck. All right. Okay. He told them that he had left his keys behind on the seat and the thief probably just hopped in and took off. Now, like London mm. and Sydenham, Australia, as we've mm-hmm. learned, uh, the town of Kenwick had good... CCTV coverage. Now, nice. I don't have an audio clip of that one, <laughs> but they did have coverage. So the cops went back to headquarters and they pulled up the surveillance <laughs> of that area. And it was then that they discovered the reason that the pickup owner had left his truck. And it was because he was across the street breaking into another business and stealing <laughs> stuff out of, their, out of their store. And so... <laughs> So it was his getaway car, 
and it got stolen. And right that's in the middle why he left crime. his keys in it. He needed yeah. a fast getaway. That's right. So the pickup owner was subsequently taken into custody and booked in the Benton County Jail uh, on a warrant and a new burglary charge. And the pickup, sadly, was never recovered. Uh, Probably into a chop shop. Uh, or it was given to a 16-year-old for their birthday. Yeah, so this is a good. This is another good instant karma. That's a really good one. You know? Well, you know. He's stealing from somebody and somebody steals from him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets thrown in jail. <laughs> Thanks for calling the police, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Or else other, we wouldn't have known about this. Yeah. Yeah. We would have never known who committed this burglary across the street mm-hmm. without your help. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Uh, All right, baby. Uh, let's see here. Clap your hands, everybody. And everybody just clap your hands. Next story. All right. Oh. Next story, baby. All right. This is a good one. In 1995, Nashville firefighters were called to the scene of a fire in an abandoned house. After getting the fire extinguished, they found it to be a scene of... Unimaginable horror? Yes. Okay. It was actually a woman who had been set ablaze. Oh. 35-year-old Joyce Goodner had been brutalized. Oh, jeez. She was stabbed in the neck. Beaten with a cinder block. Oh. Then set on fire, resulting in her untimely death. Ugh. Not a very pleasant way to go. No. Police hammered the investigation. Despite some initial leads, a couple suspects looked at, the case went cold. Oh, no. And of all of the types of cases to go cold, I think we can all agree that no cop and no detective wants to see one like this go unsolved. Absolutely. 17 years Um, go by. And then they got the break they were looking for. And an inmate serving 15 years for an attempted second degree murder starts having chest pain. Inmate James Washington, 50 years old, feels his arms getting heavier and heavier. Heart attack, sounds like. The chest pain is now crushing. He has shortness of breath, and he's become clammy and sweaty. He calls for the guards, and yes, he's having a heart attack. All right. Nailed it. James is rushed to the hospital where it is confirmed. This is a major heart attack. And though the staff is rushing around and trying to confirm a spot in the cath lab, as James clutches his chest, he feels his heart giving up. He knows he's going to die. He's in complete agony. The pain is unbearable. And he knows this is it. And he makes the decision. James motions to his prison guard and says to him, come closer. He can Barely talk above a whisper, as the pain is unbearable. He then says to him, quote, I have something to tell you. I have to get something off my conscience, and you need to hear this. I killed somebody. I beat her to death. Mm-hmm. End quote. Then James closed his eyes with a dramatic pause, and did not die. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Great news. That means it made him eligible to stand trial for the murder for poor Joyce. Because while the cops didn't have enough for an arrest 17 years ago, James was their number one suspect. And now they had a bona fide confession made to a government official. One he made while lucid and without any pressure to do so. Of course, his defense tried to say it was brought on by the medication. Uh Maybe it was a hallucination. However, the medical team was all too happy to dispel that and any other similar hallucination the defense tried to come up with. After a three-day trial, James was not only convicted, but karma handed him an automatic life sentence. That should provide him the convalescence time for his poor heart to recover in the peace and quiet of prison lockup. God be with you, James. Good riddance. That is good. Isn't That's that a great? good one. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Although he was trying to do a good thing. No, he thought he just confess. didn't want. He, no, he just thought. I better, I'll do this real quick so I don't go to hell. Yeah, that's true. And now he's going to spend the rest of his life in hell. Oh, James. Wow. Well, thanks, baby. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good one, one, isn't that it? That is a good one. Uh, this is a really good one, too. It's <laughs> <laughs> my next story. It's about the range. Uh-oh. Is there any need for me to explain what the range is? Oh, no. Okay. The range is the gift that keeps on Keeps giving. on giving. It just does. It never... Cease to amaze us. So this is a local story. And that is to say it took place in Texas. In Texas City, no less. Oh, we do love Texas City, Texas. Can't get more Texas than that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it's down around Galveston in the Gulf of Mexico area. I think there's a lot of oil refineries in that area. I think so. Um, I think we've driven through it a couple times. So when you're in the range and you live in a rural small town... You find ways to get into trouble. You do, because there ain't nothing else to do. Tomfoolery type stuff. Um, One thing that rangers do is drive around, and they shoot at signs, like stop signs (laughs) and other stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, And put holes in them. That's real fun. Yeah, because vandalism school. Right. And, of course, all of their getting in trouble activities, uh, the precursor is drinking. Usually, yes. Usually, so... Uh, there's another stunt that rangers like to do is, <clears throat> once again, they're driving around, and they get close to mailboxes, and they have a baseball bat, and as they drive past, boom, they yeah. hit it and knock it off of its post. Yeah. Um, and it's ca- it causes the homeowner some grief, and it's hilarious. Yeah, because vandalism is so cool. It is cool it's and so hilarious. Oh, yes. So one night in November of 1987, so this is going back a little ways, two rangers we're driving around looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. We have the driver. His name's Russell Connard. He's 21 of Galveston. Mm-hmm. And Don Henderson, 24. Both squarely in the range. Yes. Okay. And they're doing the smashing mailbox thing this particular evening. And it's been hilarious. Yes. They're having so much fun. So much redneck fun. <clears throat> so Russell's Russell was driving. Donnie's got his head sticking out of the window, and he's hitting these unsuspecting and innocent mailboxes with his baseball bat. Yes. Good, clean fun. Oh, yes. Right? Well, according to police captain Alan Carlislo, the pair might have grown a little careless. Hmm. 
Hmm. He said, quote, he got too close to a mailbox and his head hit the mailbox and pulled him out of the vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) And the Galveston County (laughs) Medical Examiner said, Uh Donnie's body flipped 93 feet from the point of impact. Wow. That's That's one hell of a mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) That really was. Uh, yeah, you can't knock down a, a brick mailbox with a with, baseball bat. Or with your head, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. His mom may have told him he, he was hard-headed, but she didn't know just how not hard-headed he was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so the driver of the Russell guy, of Galveston was charged with involuntary manslaughter mm. because police said because was, that's how we do it in Texas. That's right. Because <laughs> there was evidence that alcohol was involved. Surprise, surprise. Well, and they couldn't get him on mailbox charges. So yeah, teach that little punk a lesson. That's right. So we we'll get him on something. I didn't see what his sentence was, but I'll I'll investigate and I'll follow up. Uh, yeah, with that. sure you will. Uh, you'll, you'll post it to, the, the to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, all of them. I'll get it on all of them. Yeah, you are a social media master. That's right. So don't worry about it, guys. If you're you're concerned about it, just check our social media page. Yes, because that's what Scott does. Yeah. Yeah. It might take a little while for me to find that information. like the next 22 years. Yeah. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? All right. Clap your hands, everybody. (laughs) And everybody just clap your hands. Next story. So we do love Kids in the Range. We do. Because they do provide the best material. Always. And 19-year-old Terrion Pouncey is no exception. Terrion? Terrion. Pouncey? Yeah. It's wow. a good name, right? It is a great name. He should be a, like a wide receiver. But it didn't work out. Oh, no. No. Instead, no. he's living in Chicago, yeah. and he had a great idea on how to get some quick cash. Right. He was just going to run around the city and rob multiple stores at gunpoint. You know, hit a bunch real quick, really quick. Right. And if all of them just have a few bucks, the take overall would be great. Right. I mean, he's doing so many. He's he's got quantity. In and out. What could go wrong? Nothing I can think of. So, Terrion settles in on a hot dog vendor in the city that works on the street because you see, he's thought this thing through. They deal mostly in cash. They do. Hello. This should be easy. And he should get a pretty good take off this guy. You'd think. So he approaches the guy as he's pouring a bucket of hot grease. And Terry on thing. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. <laughs> I don't know if you do. Oh, really? Okay. And Terry on thinks the timing is perfect. With this guy having both hands busy holding the bucket. Right. He couldn't defend himself or be a hero. So Terion walked right up behind him, put the gun to the back of his head, and demanded his wallet, cell phone, and all the money in his cash box. Boom. Flawless. Yeah. Well, terrified, and of course wanting to comply, the hot dog vendor dropped the bucket of hot grease to reach for his wallet. Oh. The hot molten lava of grease, controlled by karma and the angels themselves found their mark, and of course landed on our would-be armed robber, Terrion. And the cash box dollars began to fall to the ground. 
So Tyrion wasn't burned that badly because it mainly hit his pants and his, and his feet. But not wanting to miss his take, Tyrion <laughs> roughly holstered his gun and bent over to grab the cash that was falling to the ground. Right. And as he bent over, the gun went off. <laughs> Jeez. Hitting him. And none other than the penis. Nice. The actual penis. The honest to God, actual, the- shake it as your money, as your your money maker, as your mama made you, the actual <laughs> penis. So not the penile area. Not the penile area, not the hip. The penile zone. Not the zone, not the nuts. The crotch. It actual penis. Wow. The beauty of this is that Tyrion survived. Nice. That makes it even more fun, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Because sometimes that concept of social Darwinism gets super, super literal. I mean, you can't get much more literal than blowing off a dude's penis. Well, than him blowing off his own penis. That would put a stop to his seed being sown. Anywho, he was held <laughs> without bail for multiple counts of armed robbery. Two arms, no longer a third. <laughs> Sorry, had to. He will have some jail time, and his prison nickname will probably be Stumpy. Wah, wah, wah. Sorry, Tarion. No <laughs> conjugal visits for you. At least jails have really good plastic surgeons for that reconstruction you're going to need. <laughs> oh, Tarion. <laughs> So he's and he's half the man he used to be. And he, so he's robbing a hot dog stand, and he gets his hot dog blown off? Literally. Wow. That's irony. Yeah. In, as well as instant karma. It's beautiful, isn't oh, it? It's and what does a 19-year-old man value more than anything else in the world? His dick. Baby. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So kids, 19-year-olds, don't. Don't do this. Don't, don't rob don't, people. Don't rob the hard-working hot dog vendors on the street. Those yeah. guys are busting. Look their... what happened to Terry on. Yeah. If only every everybody that robbed these hard-working vendors, you know, got their nuts blown, their actual dicks blown off. That would be so perfect. <laughs> that would be perfect. Instead of, you know, in other cultures, they chop your hand off. Right. If they just, no, 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 we're just going <clears> to <throat> chop your dick off. I That would deter crime. Now that would stop people from stealing yeah no 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 we're not going to chop your hand off no you can keep your hands you're going to need that for work we're going to chop your penis off whoa no 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 i'm not i wasn't stealing (laughs) (laughs) chop my hand off no 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 you're going to need that for the work camp we're going to send you to we're chopping your dick off (laughs) no i'm not going to steal anymore i promise (laughs) i'll never steal again Right? No, you think you're onto something. I th- I really do. I think Tarion found the solution. <clears throat> I don't think it would go over big in uh, England though, because that's much more severe than than uh, four month curfew. Curfew. Yeah. And lights out by ten. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't think it would fly. All right, I'm moving on to my last story. All right. Fifth story, final story. Crime right. doesn't pay. Can we agree on that? Well, not if you want your dick. Eventually, you know, the bad karmas that you put out there in the world, it's going to come back to you and bite, it will. bite you in the Eventually, ass. it will 
really will. So do you remember a, an episode or two ago where we were talking about bait car and Oh God, yeah. And God he loved the bait TV car. sting and everything? Yes. All right. So in England <gasps> in Derbyshire. Oh. Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Which is about ten kilometers west of Nottingham. Oh. Which is where the sheriff is. Oh. The Sheriff of Nottingham. You don't know that one? No, of course oh, I do. Robin Hood. Oh, you do. Okay, good. Um, they must have been watching those shows alongside us because they came up with a version of it, um, of, of that particular sting, the TV one. Mm -hmm. Come get your TV uh, that they thought would work. <laughs> so undercover officers went around town pretty slick. Uh, they found the people that they were looking for, the criminals that had warrants and such. They found them and they approached them and said that they had won a crate of beer. A crate of now, beer. I, and I don't know what a crate is. Do you think it's a case? Yeah. It's got to be more than that. Yeah, I'm thinking like on a that. pallet, you know, like a, <laughs> a, a crate. <laughs> like like you need, need a forklift. Yeah, like you're going to need some friends to help you carry this. Yeah, so I don't know how, how much it is, but it sounds like a lot. Sounds so, like a lot. They went on to tell them that in order to claim their prize, they had to contact the company that was doing the promotion. Yeah. And in a very sneaky way, these Debbie Shia offices, they had set up a phone line and put it on the card here and said, you know, call this number to get, collect your beer. And of course, that number led to Sting headquarters yes. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Yes. So, and never mind <clears throat> that they didn't enter any contests to wear, win beer. No. They all still called. Sure. So, just to be clear, there was no beer involved. It was a trick. What? You see, it was a trick. So, the bloke showed up to collect their beer. All they got, instead of beer, was a pair of handcuffs, and off to the clink they go. So, it wasn't... Except, once they got there, they were just assigned curfew. <laughs> we don't know. They didn't hear about the penalty phase. But it was, this story wasn't as much instant karma as just overall karma. Yeah, just overall beautiful. We just really love those stories. That's right. Where's my free beer? Right here. Right here. I got I got I, your beer right yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that, baby. Here's your silverware. <laughs> All right, baby. Tell me your final story. Well, I had to save the one that was nearest and dearest to my heart for last. Okay. This is the best story okay, cool. of the whole episode. Nice. In Kingsport, Tennessee. Kingsport? Yes. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you say it like someone from Tennessee? No. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear it. Kingsport, Tennessee. Well done. <laughs> you That's send that terrible. hate mail. Attention, Scott. Jim Beam. <laughs> oh. oh, good. Yeah, Jim Beam. Put that finger, give me the knife. No, we're not going to cut off A 52, <laughs> that's not the, <laughs> that's not what he was holding up. Oh, I didn't even look. A 52-year-old woman was having a relaxing weekend yeah. when she heard a knock at the door somewhat late in the evening, too late for anyone to be calling. Right. She went to the door and when she opened it, there was a woman and she was holding a flyer about her lost dog. Oh. Very, very sad. I mean, who wouldn't want to help? Right. Oh, that's, that's despicable. I know where this is going, kind of. That, however, 
is when things went bad. Went south, okay. Suddenly, a masked man stepped from behind her uh-huh. into the home and grabbed her by the arm and tried to yank her outside. They tried to yank the woman from her house to the outside? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm- yeah, the woman holding the sign was a ruse. Yeah, but why, did they, why didn't they want to just go in the house and rob it? That's what I was thinking. Go ahead, baby. This woman, however, was not going to go down without a fight. Right. She managed to break away from his grip, but the man was already inside her home. She was screaming and hollering, and in the struggle of a lifetime, she managed to rip the mask off the much larger man's face. Bad move, though. And she instantly recognized him. No. And once she did, she knew she was even... An even greater danger. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good move. The man was a longtime family friend named Joe Catello. And by the time by this time, she had also noticed the gun he had tucked away in his waistband mm-hmm. on his pants as well. Sure. It's not rocket science. They both knew she could identify him. Mm-hmm. The woman knew she was in a fight for her life. And so, at that point, she grabbed a baseball bat she kept tucked behind the front door, and she began to fight back. Nice. And she fought like hell. Two teen girls in the home who had heard the commotion came running to her aid, and they jumped in the fight as well. Ah. Together, the three women managed to push the man out of the house and back into the front lawn where the woman continued to swing that bat like Babe Ruth. (laughs) Joe tried to escape to a vehicle driven by the woman with the lost dog flyer, which, as it turned out, was his longtime girlfriend. However, as she saw the way the confrontation was turning out, she wanted no part of it, and she took off without it. (laughs) Nice. Having been left by his not-so-loyal accomplice... Joe, the would-be armed intruder, had the tables turned on him and was now having a hard time getting away from the three women. Sweet. Who, as police would later describe it, continued to, quote, get the better of him. Uh Uh-huh. End quote. Joe was eventually able to get away from them on foot, But Karma had not quite had her fill of him yet. (laughs) You see, he ran, hoping for shelter and protection, to another home that just so happened to be owned by a relative of his victim. There, another fight broke out. (laughs) And perhaps he was held until police could arrive and placed into custody, but not just... Custody, but protective custody at that point. Nice. (laughs) Because he wasn't being held for them gently. I see. Police confirmed his girlfriend did eventually turn herself in as well, and both gave full confessions to their roles in the crime. Police also clarified that despite the fact that the victim was only 4 foot 11 inches tall, and her attacker was armed with a gun and outweighed her by over a hundred pounds. 
and that she was 52 years old to his 34 years, a full 18-year age gap, she was able to defend herself and beat the holy crap out of him. I will, in fact, gleefully with love and joy in my heart post his mugshot to our Instagram for all of you to enjoy. Don't you worry, but I'll take care of that, honey. Here's a picture. For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Then you can appreciate his eyes swollen shut, his fat lip, his apparent broken nose. And of course, we can only see his face. And his overall stupid look. Yeah. I'm sure she got plenty of body shots in as well. <laughs> what happened to his gun? Um, no, there's so no knocked ta- it yeah. out. Yeah. Knocked it out of his reach. Uh, yeah, the the police were very outspoken about how proud they were of their victim in this case. I would love to give her a shout out, but she has chosen to remain anonymous, mm. which is of course her right. That said, she's our hero, along with the two teen girls who jumped right in to help. Dynamite does in fact come in small packages. Instant karma. Don't bring a gun to a baseball bat fight. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Tennessee women are definitely cut from a different cloth. Now that is how you end a show about karma. Is that right? Absolutely. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> he looks pretty good, doesn't he? Yeah. Good looking guy. Yeah. She really got a hold of him. That's she got awesome. a or as they say in Texas, she got a hold to him. We haven't had a hero for a while. Yeah. And she she qualifies. Yeah. For an does. instant karma show. You know, that's uh she got a hold to him. That's awesome. Well I think this this episode came out pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. We had it. some we had some funny stuff. Yeah. Funny tragedies. Uh, That's what we specialize in. Yeah. All right, baby, tell me about your sources. What happened there? Yeah, so CBS News, ABC News, The Modern Rogue, and Fox News 17. All right, and mine, uh, Tribune Media Wire, Comonews.com, The Bulletin, and Listverse.com. Is there anything else that we need to talk about before we say goodbye to our friends? I don't believe so. So until next time. Live big. Rest in peace. The worms worms are are waiting. waiting. Adios.